Hello, this is Dr. Carol Francis, and again, welcome to Make Life Happen. This is a show you do not want to miss, as it will inspire you in every way. Tonight, we're going to hear a story about an individual, Jay Goldinger, who has decided that he is going to help us learn how to help those individuals that want to help themselves. And here he is. Jay, is that you there? That's me. Hi, I'm so glad I just finished introducing you. And thank you so much for joining us today on Make Life Happen. Um, Jay, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I have come to your program on one Christmas day when my son and I had some time we needed to use constructively. It was so moving. Your program was so inspiring and really, uh, well, can you describe it to our listeners, what vision you have had and created for these people that need help? We try to um, change the world one step at a time by Uh allowing people to get back on their feet at their own pace and earning it. Uh, Too much of the world is giving and uh, one of my favorite expressions is what you allow, you encourage. And so if we mm-hmm. constantly give the homeless whatever they need, there's no incentive for them to ever work. Mm-hmm. That's human nature, isn't it? We will take when we can take, but when we have to go to the effort of creating it, it's a totally different side of our personality that comes into being empowered, even though it's more effort. You know, last week I was watching a business show, and one of the big employers in this country, and I can't remember who it was, said that they're um, seeing many people applying for jobs, but they're all saying, can we have the job, can I get the job in six months or five months? And finally the person said, why do you want it in five months? Don't you need it now? And they said, well, I've got unemployment benefits that run out in five months, so I don't need a job for five months. You know, everything's about incentives in in this world, in this country, and if you make the incentives in such a way, don't be surprised if people don't act exactly the way that's in their best interest. Yes. In the long run, the best interest, right? We're short-term oriented. Jay, can you describe the program as footonfoot.org describes? I'm looking at the web page right now. It's foodonfoot.org. Describe the program to us. Basically, we allow homeless and poor people to come and collect trash on Sunday uh, and they earn uh, food certificates to Ralph's or McDonald's, and that's the start of the program. It's roughly about 10 weeks. We take them through a process of cleaning trash every day and teach them computer skills. On Wednesdays, they read to seniors. We get to know them better. We drug test them both for urine and hair. And then wow. after 10 weeks, if, it's a big if, they show the confidence needed, and it is confidence, then we will set them up with an employer at a full-time job, give them housing for three months, and then about three and a half months later, they become taxpayers instead of tax burdens. Beautiful. Now, you also involve those of us in the community that wish that we could help out in very constructive ways, and how do you involve us? We have a, something called the $98 Club, where people on their credit card give us $98 a month, and that all goes into the program because what makes us different is we're one of the few, very few programs that does not accept any government support at all. We're privately funded. 70% of our money comes from individual donors. 20% comes from corporations. I'm sorry, from foundations and 10% from corporations. And we run like a business, very lean 
and uh, most other organizations that are government-supported wish they didn't have to take government money, but right. we're lucky enough to have set it up. We've been doing this for 15 years. You, every single Sunday of your life, you have been there. Yes, I mean, you know, <laughs> Sunday, some people watch football on Sundays, some people do other things. This is what I do, because in the end, I think that uh, one of my other favorite expressions is at the end of the game, the king and the pawn go in the same box. And so hmm. many times I see people work their whole lives to accumulate money, but I've never right. seen or heard of a funeral where when they bury the person, they dump all the money in the grave with them and cover it up. I'm waiting for the first time, and yet so many people act like they take it with them. So those of us that could actually be there and then donate our, our, our time and our money on a monthly basis or on a one-time basis, people can just come and experience this, be inspired, and then they're likely to become donors. And what is it they experience when they come there Sunday mornings and sometimes Saturdays? Is that correct? No, it's not. We only serve on Sunday. It costs $20 to volunteer. Uh, and. Okay. The volunteers show up at 3.15 and help serve the food, and then we have an award ceremony for the workers where we give out bus passes and things like that to the best workers of the, of the day. And everyone has a different reason for coming. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't know sometimes for many, many months or years why someone is connected to us. It could be because they have a relative or a friend who is homeless. They could have been homeless. These are stories that sometimes you never find out, but everyone does have a connection that comes, and they usually leave with a big smile on their face because uh, one of the requirements to be in our program, uh, if you're homeless, is you must do a random act of kindness, and that's the admission ticket into our program Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And so uh, we teach the homeless that although they need everything, that if they start thinking about others instead of themselves, the world will open up for them. There's no question. Now, you have a sign-up. In other words, you have sometimes you have companies or groups of people that will grab a whole day, and they will sponsor that particular Sunday. Like I'm looking for October 9th. You're sponsored by Turin in Uganda and Spencer Stewart are on the October That's a headhunting firm. Yeah, for $2,000, especially when it gets closer to the holidays, a lot of companies want to do a company outing. And they bring a yeah. bunch of employees, and um, it, it's really a nice nice afternoon. It costs $2,000, and again, it all goes towards our expenses. We run very, very lean. I've done this for 15 years without taking a salary, and uh, wow. uh, it works. It works, and, and I'm so proud of the fact that 89% of the people that we've graduated into full-time work a year later are still in the same job and fully self-supporting. So by the time that they have come over and over to collect the food or clothing or whatever's provided on that Sunday and they've interfaced with your daily pick up the trash, give to the community, read to the people who need someone to read to, train on computers, they you begin to know the ones that can definitely benefit from employment. Is that correct? Is that the way it goes? Not everybody's ready. I mean, it might right. surprise some of your listeners, but our greatest fear in life is of success, not failure. And so when you take someone yes. out of their community uh, where their support system is other homeless people and they get a job, they become very afraid because they lose uh, their support system, or at least they perceive that they do. So we want to make sure that they're absolutely ready uh, to take on the the, bene- the high benefits and some of the scary parts 
of having a job and being self-supporting. Can you give us a story or two? I know that I look on the website here and I see a number of names. I know you're incredibly good about keeping privacy and confidentiality, but is there someone or a collection of people you can tell stories to us about? Well, most of the people that come to us have gone through government programs and for whatever reason have not found it uh, energe- you know, enough energy to get them over the hurdle. Uh, one other thing, on the first Sunday of every month, which is this Sunday, uh, the fourth, we'll be passing out mirrors. We distribute mirrors to all the homeless workers. We want to remind them of who the enemy is. It's them. And uh, we had some graduates back on Sunday. Kim, who works at Amoeba, was there. She was on drugs for 15 years, came into our program. She has been free of drugs and working full-time for a couple years. We have people working at auto dealerships in West L.A., Martin Motors. We have people at Tender Greens. Everyone's got stories. Everyone's different, which makes it so great. But everybody has to overcome the hurdles that they created, not us, and we can't do it for them. I tell everybody the heart is the engine, and if you've got enough in you, uh, you can overcome it. At the end of the program, we, we give out PhDs. We, we, we call them PhDs. Mm. It's passion, hunger, and desire. And if you wow. have passion, hunger, and desire, then, then you can get through the program and probably succeed beyond what you could ever imagine. Beautiful. Now, the people that come and help, they're donating the $20. The people that sign up or sponsor a particular day, they're, that's a $2,000 process. And the people that are monthly uh, contributors of $98 off their credit card, that money goes towards some of the products. It goes towards training. Well, what does it go towards? Well, we, we, uh, we have to buy all of our food. Uh, yep. We have to pay for the um, bus passes, bus tokens. When we put up someone in, a, uh, in an apartment for three months while they have a job, we pay for that. We pay for everything that they have for three months. So there's, nice. there's a lot of expenses that go into this. And people who think that everything's donated, if you rely on product that's donated, you'll get it when they have it to donate. And if you have to, right. if you have to be in business and we're in business, we just don't have dividends and things like that and shareholders, mm-hmm. uh, you need the product when you need it. And uh, Sunday was uh, the last Sunday of the month. Yesterday, and uh, we had a big crowd, and we had a needed to make sure we had enough there. Wow. How big was your crowd? We had about 226 yesterday that we that fed. About 15%, about 15 to 20% are uh, seniors and disabled and unable to work. About 10% are children, and the rest are what we consider eligible to work. But you can't make them work. Until they want to work, uh, they're not going to. And as long as society gives people things uh, who beg on the street, it makes our job more difficult because then there's no incentive to try to work. It's a totally Have volunteer you... program. We don't, we're not, no one comes to our program because they're required to come to our program from any government agency. Now, they have to be pretty diligent and pretty dedicated, correct? This is not an easy thing to do. What do they have to do every single day? They have to meet in the certain, what, what was the arrangement for the Well, they have to show up on time and this morning. This morning they had to show up at 7 a.m. and they cleaned trash until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was pretty hot out today. And yes. uh, we, we fed them lunch. We gave them a food gift card. You know, they, they, they're they always fighting their demons. And the demons are who they came into the program with. And it's just a matter of if we can get them to believe in themselves, then it works. If they don't, it, it doesn't matter what we do. If they believe in themselves, it works. Now, is this 
process of contributing to the community and finding that they can do random acts of kindness, even in their situation where they have so little, does that build the self-esteem, the dedication, the discipline? It does if it's done often enough. I mean, one of the problems with our program is we'd love to be going seven days a week, but we don't have the money. So we only serve on Sunday, and then the rest of the week we work out of where we're out of a park. Um, but if you repeat the behavior enough, you can change it, assuming that they want to change. And, and understand, if you're homeless, you're on the street. You're going to do whatever it takes to survive. That could mean stealing, lying, or cheating. I understand that. I mean, you do what you got to do. If you're afraid someone's going to put a gun to your head, you do whatever it takes to stay alive. So oh, because yeah. we only see the future from our past experiences, most of the people come into our program um, sort of uh, on a train that's going one way, and we understand that. And it's just a question of if they have the desire to change, we will sit down and try to help them. Some of them do and some of them don't. Some of them aren't ready. Some of them are never going to be ready. It's like some people never grow up in life, and some people do. You can't force somebody. One of my other favorite expressions is if you're in a relationship and you pull off somebody's mask, it, they're probably going to glue it on tighter. It's not going to do you any good. And the same thing's true with the homeless. Now, you're described, Jay, as a man full of heart, completely dedicated, and very straightforward, even if sometimes you need to be full of heart but harsh. Is that a, 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 is that a reasonable way of saying who you can be? <laughs> well, we call ourselves the Marines of Homelessness. We, there you go. You know, we have rules and boundaries, and most of these people need to be treated just like children are. Children need rules and boundaries to, to grow up, and if you don't give them that, then they'll take advantage of the situation. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the things also that's made us different. Now, do you, um, in the process, of working with the, the volunteers that come down to help, do, do you ever feel like you wish you could inspire them to have the same experience that you do when you see the success? You know, it's it's similar to going um, and trying to get wet logs on fire, mm. uh, which is sort of like <laughs> the economy. When you have mm. logs and you're trying to start a fire, and you can throw hundreds of matches in, but until those logs dry out, you're not going to start a fire, no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the same thing's true with people. You you don't know when the light's going to go on. It You don't know. You just have to throw those matches out there and hope that one of them catches fire. We're all individuals. We're all unique individuals. We come. We all come with history, and no matter what we say, we all have baggage. Sorry. I, I'd love to meet the person yeah. that doesn't. It's probably a oh, robot. Absolutely. But you don't know when that moment's going to occur. And all mm -hmm. you can do is present yourself and be present. And if they're ready to to move on, then they will. And if they're not, then you wish them the best. Now, you also have another group of people that are involved in your program. And those are those companies or businesses that provide these people who are ready to graduate to that level uh, opportunity to work. Who it's about relationships. <laughs> and this is why... Each graduate carries with him the weight of the program. If we get a job at a market, at Tender Greens, let's say, it was a restaurant that's been very good to us, um, okay. and somebody uh, we get a job for uh, steals, does drugs, does something bad, 
they've ruined not only their chance of, of continuing on the job, but all the other graduates that are going to come through because Tender Greens is going to say to us, we're not interested. And so it's, you know, it's there's not much you that, – that's a big weight, and you've got to be very careful. And they sometimes, you know, luckily we've trained them enough to move on, but um, we do the best we can. We do the best we can. Now, what type of businesses would you like to see contact you and say, look, if we have an opening, we would like to dedicate to one of your graduates? What type of businesses well, are you would have to be up in L.A. They would have to be up in L.A., close to Hollywood, because our people okay. don't drive. They take buses. And, okay. uh, it would, you know, we, we'd be happy to talk to anybody. I mean, uh, it, it just as long as it's near a bus line and pretty close to Hollywood, which is where we're centered. What type of jobs do you wish as long for as they're to as long as they're minimum wage jobs, it can okay. be anything. It is you know anything. these are people who could be good security guards. That we've got somebody working as an auto mechanic at uh, Martin Motors in West LA. Uh, we have a security guard there, Tender Greens. We have a prep chef and uh, a busboy. It, it doesn't matter what they do; they just need full time. We cannot take part time jobs because the, you can't support yourself on a part time job working twenty hours a week. Now you also house these people after a while, is that right? Or, or when do you well, when do you they, find these? once they get a job? Once we find them a job, we then okay. put them in an apartment and we pay for at least the first three months and we hold their paychecks until graduation day, and then um, they move forward and they open a bank account. We run like a business, and that's what makes us so Beautiful. different than most nonprofits that need and are somewhat addicted to government money. And I, and I don't say that in a bad way. I, w- I think they wish they weren't addicted to government money. But mm-hmm. we started off by saying we wouldn't take any, and our supporters believe in that. Mm-hmm. I know that when I first, uh, uh, oh, this is like 30 years ago, I started working for the county, and I would have people come into my office as a psychologist, and they would complain to me that they hadn't received their check from the government. And they were completely in a state of, uh, they deserved it. It was uh, they were so entitled to that money. They were just indignant that their money had somehow been delayed. And I realized that the mindset had been established so completely that somehow just because they lived in a certain location, a certain state, they were going to be given money, and uh, they were not going to move to the position of seeing themselves as capable or even wanting to work. It was the okay, handout. But that's a whole other discussion. Bye-bye. That's the government. Because if you set up okay. a situation. Mm-hmm to pay people not to work, you're going to get people who are not going to work. So, you know, the government, uh, and, and again, I'm not even, I, I hate getting into politics, but if the government decides <laughs> in its infinite wisdom that it wants to pay people not to work, believe me, people won't work and they'll be happy to take the money. Right. right. So yours is exactly opposite. It was change the mindset. I know that um, one reason I contacted you to do this interview is that foxnews.com had written an article about whether or not uh, Jay Goldinger holds the key to defeating homelessness. And I do not hold the key. That, that was <laughs> nice, but I do not hold the key to ending homelessness. I, um, I just have a different point of view. The, the consensus in this country is, is that you give the homeless housing, you give them all their services, and then you save money, uh, the society saves money because it's all in one place. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that, but if you have people that are incapable of working either physically or mentally, then you are in a situation where the government is going to have to take care of them. But you get, but there's a fine line there be, be, between giving them an incentive not to work 
and finding people that can't work. So that's a whole other set of problems. We have a niche. Food on Foot has a very, very, very specific niche. We're not for everyone. We're for a very specific uh, part of the homeless population. We've been very successful for 15 years with this business model and uh, because it works. I mean, if you're in business and you're selling yellow shoes and nobody's buying yellow shoes, you soon get out of the yellow shoe business. And we operate the same way. If homeless people stop showing up to see us on Sunday, stop entering our program, well, guess what? Either there's no more homeless people anymore or our product isn't what they want. And that's how a business operates. And, again, it's just so different than than the government. I know that when we came on December 25th, a day when you hand out food, you hand out sleeping bags, you hand out the bus tokens, um, an amazing, amazing day, you said there that you really have a dream, that there would no longer be a need for your services, that homelessness would be a thing of our past. Do you think it's possible? Oh, yes, but I won't be around when it happens, and okay. most of your listeners won't either. Uh, mm-hmm. You'd have to really change so much in society. I think we can we can make a, a difference, uh, but I think ending homelessness, I, I would be lying if I thought that was ever going to occur. I just don't think it can, um, but... It's it, it's worth trying. It's worth trying. I mean, we're you know we're yeah. not here forever. We act like it. We, sometimes we do things that defy belief. But in the end, like I said, the king and the pawn go in the same box. And I, hmm. I am concerned about what I see today from our younger generation, where they spend their time, where they spend their money. Some of them are incredible. They really are. But then there's a bunch right. that you start to wonder whether they're using their money to um, just uh, keep themselves busy, as I would like mm-hmm. to say. Entertained. 808 consecutive weeks of service. Can I ask you, Jay, personally, how did you gain the passion and the vision for this? What's, where did you become inspired? You know, I, I, I've always had a passion for for the underserved, always since I was always. very young, and um, I think your that early when story. you story. Well, I, I don't even know my. Well, I mean, I started this by feeding at the Pantages Theater 15 years ago. That's how I started with Food on Foot. But uh, I think what happens to all of us is when we do something well that serves others. For most of us, it's very exciting. It empowers us. We want to do more. It's addicting. And it, and generally in life, we do what makes us feel good. So it, although there's times that I'm ready to knock my head against a wall, most right. of the time I'm, I'm so proud of the graduates. And, you know, the, 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 one of the stories that I'll never forget is I was in Santa Monica going into a building and there was a guard <coughs> there. It was on a Saturday asking where I was going. I turned around. Hmm. And she said, Mr. Chicken, which is what they call me. And I, oh, no. I looked at her and went, who are you? And she comes up and says, can I give you a hug? And I went, what, who are you? And she said, you don't even know me, but you fed me and made me believe in myself. And now I have this job as a security guard. And she just wanted to say thank you. That's one of the many, many stories that over the years that I, I tend to forget until people like you ask about it. Yes. Any other stories come to mind? You know, I, I, there's great stories. I mean, I mean, every person we've graduated has a story, and 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 they're all equal. 
I mean, not, you know, one may sound, oh my God, they they overcame this and they overcame that. Most of it's overcoming themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we've got people that that uh, that reunited with their kids. I mean, there's. I don't want to make one better than the other because to me, every person who's graduated our program is equal. And as I tell them all, I don't care whether you're black or white or green or yellow. I don't care if you're gay, mm-hmm. bi, tri, whatever your problem is. We treat you all the same, and you're basically going to be judged on your performance and work ethic. And then I tell them, I remind them that God gave us two ears and one mouth because he wants us to listen twice as hard as he wants us to talk. And for most of them, it's, they, you know, they're, they're struggling. They're struggling with themselves, which is why we give them a mirror. Wow. Uh, for those that are listening, there's going to be a sign-up on your website, which is foodonfoot.org, for September 4th, this coming Sunday, and they can sign up on that website. And, and you're located on 1626. 25 North Schrader Boulevard, right in the back of the Gay and Lesbian Center, and you can park off of that area. Um, well, no, you can park on the facility, but I remind everybody, because we're so yeah. unusual, we charge to volunteer. You'll be asked for your credit Great. card. That's not a mistake. We All the money goes to pay for the food, and then people say, well, why doesn't it donate it? Because if, it, if you get donated food, then you get it when they want to donate it, not when you need it. Right, right. Um, this is an opportunity. I know that I brought one of my sons. Uh, changed his point of view on so many different issues. Do you are you okay with people bringing children? And what age are, do you think is a comfortable? You know, age it's only an hour and a half, so you can bring whoever you want. You have to pay for them. Um, yes. You know, generally, you probably want to be about six or seven years old. Otherwise, your parents are going to have to be watching you more than they're going to be watching what they're doing. Right. Okay, but you're okay with that, and I think it's well worth everybody bringing the family, friends, neighbors, and you do pay for each of them, and you sign up ahead of time. There's no surprises. It is something that's very contemplative and very contemplative in terms of being able to actually engage in the activity. Again, though, Jay, I want to hear how you even thought of doing this, and you said way back in your childhood. Well, what, I, what hurt it? You know, you try to go out... <laughs> And I've only got a couple more minutes because I got another phone call coming in. And we are. You, you try to go out. You try to go out and help the world. And and how do you learn anything in life? You learn in life by making mistakes. You learn in life by finding out what makes you feel good. And you know, I basically started Food on Foot by walking the streets of Hollywood and asking homeless people what it is they needed. And they basically said they needed services on the weekend because there weren't many in the ni- mid-90s. And they didn't necessarily want to be on uh, 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 begging forever. Now, a lot of them do. But those that didn't, I, that's how I created Food on Foot, by creating a need. I mean, it's, it's no different than any business. I mean, why do you go out and sell yellow shoes? Well, hopefully you went out and did a market survey and found out that not many people are selling yellow shoes. So you do it. Although I must tell you that... You see so many restaurants going out of business, and you wonder, did they do any market surveys? But that's what I did. I, I basically interviewed homeless people for a year before I started and found out what they needed and then filled the need. Wow. Clear, very clear. Okay, Jay, I'm going to let you go, and as you go, I'm going to be telling the listeners how they get in touch with you. I wish you well. I'll see you soon, and thank you so much for the way you're Have a great night. Community. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Listeners, I just... Uh, Jay Goldinger, is, he really doesn't wish to sell himself, but he is an amazing individual that has gone way beyond the call of duty, a duty to a community of people who need a lot of help. And what is so amazing 
is that really, truly, all of us need the help, the help to be able to know that we can give random acts of kindness that really will impact people. In fact, if you come to volunteer this event, you will experience something that will change your perspective on the homeless, on the jobless, and on all sorts of diversities of life. You will see them as human beings, have a chance to dialogue with them, and to be able to be a source of emotional uh, support that encourages them to move beyond just taking a hand out of the food, clothing, or whatever is being provided on that particular Sunday, to being able to see themselves as someone that they can be respected in a real conversation with you or not, if you don't feel comfortable with that. Bringing your children or your church, I just really encourage everybody to go out and actually experience this with an open heart of freedom to give and an opportunity that's really extremely well organized by Jay, by Jay's group of individuals. Um, let me give you the address again of where you can go. It's 1625 or 1625 North Trader Boulevard. This is located um, right behind the Gay and Lesbian Center on, on Trader. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R, and it's just one block west of Wilcox. It's a It's at 3.15, you want to get there a little early, but you definitely need to sign up. And you need to sign up. You're going to pay $20 per person coming, and that money will be so well invested for you. You want to know how to invest some good money into donating? Then that would be an excellent way to do it. Um, I'm going to be putting more information on my site, and I'm so glad that you could join us or tune in to the archive version of this. This is a way of giving from your heart, giving just a few hours out of a Sunday and walking away transformed and eager to give any more. Jay is wonderfully kind to have joined us. He's a very busy individual because he cares. I know you do as well. This is Dr. Carol Francis. Thank you for tuning in to this program. I wish you all the best.